Say hi, hello. Um, hola, guten Tag. I need what? a different language. E oh, Ooh, e so wait, where's Jerry? Where's, where's Jerry? Jer Jerry, are you here? Wait, who are you? I am Brett Barney. I'm oh. filling in for the rock doctor, Jerry Payne. So if anything goes wrong, we blame Jerry. We might even get bumper stickers that say that. Yeah, I did that, right? You know, the little <laughs> Joe Biden pointing where you need to, it's my fault. And that's Jerry, right? So, um, so Brett, welcome to Financial Straight Talk, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Jim. How are you? I am doing great. So a lot of our podcast listeners, now we already did this for the radio show, but we've got to do this again for our podcast listeners. They're wondering, who is this guy, right? So you are our, what, what's the correct, is it the sound engineer? Is that the correct PC term? What would we call what you do for the show? What is that? I believe they call me a producer now. A, a producer, producer and writer. Nice. Okay, so you're producer and writer. So so you are the behind the scenes kind of guy that makes Jerry and I and the the insanity that we produce you make it sound like normal English. So thank you, sir. <laughs> um so our listeners know no Jerry is not gone forever. Jerry just got the Rona um and he got it in the coolest way you could possibly get it in Vegas for the Super Bowl with you, Brett, as a matter of fact. So this is 100% your fault. Yeah, probably. Um, but, More than but likely. Yeah. So just so, so our listeners know, Jerry is going to be okay. As a matter of fact, Jerry is already on the men's, but unfortunately, he isn't allowed to come into the studio. So instead, Brett has stepped up and has been a part of the show now for a year and a half is what we figured out, right, roughly? Yep, and now I'm finally getting tossed into the fire. I know the first time, I believe it was might have been my second day here. Yeah, and you were like, you "Yeah, jump on!" Jump on. <laughs> I was like, "Uh." So jumping in for little pieces and actually being the co-host with me is a whole different story. But with that being said, we got to tell these folks about you, man, because you you are at the pinnacle of your career right now. You are there. You started in radio. I think we were talking about really fell in love with the idea. Was would you say in middle school? Is that what you were saying earlier? Yeah, when I was thirteen. Now I've been in it for thirteen years. Yeah, which so, is funny. so give us a run. A Let's run this stuff down, man. So so you get out of high school and where does life take you in the radio world? Tell us about that. Life took me to the University of Alabama, where. I had the option of doing, you know, the campus radio, which I feel like so many people in this industry start doing campus radio. My mind was going, no, you need to get into commercial radio, work for a company. I went and worked for a company, did country music radio in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, a great unrated yeah. market, but beautiful place. And it was the only live morning show in the city. So that also made it a lot more fun. I went from there, moved to Atlanta and went from country music to news talk yeah, and then into... You know, just talk shows and crime podcasts and crime television and crime radio with Nancy Grace yes. kind of bounced around. So let's get a visual here because I think it's important. So young kid, middle school, starts learning about radio. College becomes radio. Out of college, gets jobs in radios. Works for names like Shannon Burke, which in the Central Florida area, that's right, that Shannon Burke. He's insane. Love the dude. We heard him on the air all the time. Then went to Nancy Grace and worked with her, which all of our listeners know who Nancy Grace is. And now we're going to fast forward and you're on the air with Jim Fox. Now, what does that say about your career, Brett? <laughs> oh, man, I'm still climbing that ladder. I'm oh. climbing the ladder. 
So listen, guys, let's share this podcast with all of your friends because we need more ratings for Brett Barney because you know what? This is it. He has to tell this story 20 years from now that, yeah, you know that Jim Fox, it's all over. He took Joe Rogan's place, okay? That's what I'm talking about. He wants to tell the story that this Sunday and this Monday, for those that are getting on Monday, a podcast was when he first broke the air with Jim Fox. So let's make that happen, okay? That, I'm not asking too much. Let's see if we can pull that out. What do you think, Brett? I think that we might need to even get tattoos, which I've never gotten right, one now. that just marked down this date, which I know people in my life that would not be happy that that would be my first tattoo. Oh, man, man. Well, don't thanks forget. For, hey, thanks for jumping in and helping out because it means a lot. You know, Jerry's going to be great. Jerry's going to be fine. Brett has been an important part of this show, honestly, for the past year and a half. Super lucky to have you here. Lucky to have you. Whenever I'm in the big studio, I get to have you there with us, and it's always a blast. I do count Brett as one of my closer friends, and I mean, anytime I get together with him, I die laughing. The dude has talent that you guys are about to hear he's an amazing guy but you know what's great about him is he's just like jerry he's as real as can be and that's what we're going to talk about today right we're talking about generational wealth right we're going to talk about how different generations look at money and brett you represent the millennial i think you're on the very low end of the millennial though right i think i'm like the low middle because okay. I, I was born in 89 so i'm a really cool 80s baby spent eight okay. months in the 80s i can tell you all about it <laughs> Uh. So, so yeah, and I was born in 72 and now somebody's laughing right now going, oh my God, these kids are all so young, right? So what we were going to do in true celebratory fashion for Jerry Payne, the rock doctor himself. Listen, let's, I'm going to do the, the, um, who was this? Uh, Rush Limbaugh, right? So I have the paper in my hand, and this is what we were going to discuss, and it was going to be three signs you'll regret early retirement. Now, here's a new sound. Ready? Ready? All right, that's our script. <laughs> it is gone. And instead, what you're going to get is the next 14 minutes of Brett and I having a conversation about how generations look at money. And I represent the Gen Xers. That's right. We created the internet. We created gangster rap. We, we lived in a time before cell phones and modems. I mean, we grew up on monkey bars that were 20 feet in the air and you fall off and, and be bleeding. And the teacher goes, suck it up and walk it off. I mean, we're a different generation. And then we're going to, of course, use my experience with the baby boomers to talk about how my clients see money. So Brett, you want to drive this car and see where it goes? Or do you want me to take the wheel? Okay, um, first off, I need to stop you right here. How come your generation got to invent all the cool stuff? I started running through. I'm like, what did we do? We got yes, like dating so apps maybe. I don't every know. cool thing has just been regurgitated from the 80s and the 90s. Think about it. Air Jordans are still very cool, right? When were they created? Think of all the great movies. When were they created? Think of all the great music. When was it? Now, I will debate the, some of the older classic rock that I know you. There's some really great stuff. You know, Boston and things like that are really cool. 
But the 80s and the 90s were kind of like the pinnacle. I don't know why that's my word today. The pinnacle of this country, I think. And so those of us that were fortunate enough to be born through those years and experience them, look back and think about, my God, we used to go to dinner and sit down and have a conversation without everyone looking on their cell phone, right? And people remember this, you know, your first boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Talking on the kitchen phone with that extension. cord that was like 800 feet long. It was all tangled up. Do you know what I'm talking about or not at all? Oh, yeah. And I remember when I figured out from one of my friends that you could press flash and then dial in another person. Yes, three-way calling. Oh, that That was the coolest thing. That used to cost money, right? Call waiting, three-way calling. We used to think about how we used to live on the edge, guys. Not these young, not even Brett. Brett's too young for this. But those Gen Xers like me and the baby boomers that are listening, we used to answer the phone and not know who was on the other side. How amazing was that? Now, let's get real. Most of us are like, why are you calling me? Send me a text instead. Or scam so, likely. Yes, spam potential is what mine say. But it's just insane. So, yes, we're going to really break it down. And I'm really excited because this gives us an opportunity to take a look at how, and I think millennials get a horrible, horrible rap for this, right? Because it was like the punchline. Now, mind you, you're the millennial, I'm the Gen Xers. Just so you know, Brett, when you were like really young, nobody was talking about you guys. They were too worried about the Gen Xers taking over the world at some point. But remember, our parents worked full time. There were both parents working. Most of us got up and went to school on our own. We walked home from school, even if it was two or three miles away. And we showed up at the house. Guess what? No one was there. We sat at the house. We made our own food. I can't tell you how many times my brother and I blew things up in the microwave. I mean, we were a very (laughs) self-sufficient group of people. And, you know, it's just funny how the generations have changed over time. But everyone you say, oh, my God, the, the Gen Xers are horrible. Well, then as we got a little bit older, it became the millennials, right? But let's talk about your generation and, and just kind of your work ethic for a second. Brett, you've been working since you were how old? So I kind of worked my whole life. My dad owned small businesses. And one of them, uh, his last one that he ever owned was a printing company. And he always did the, well, I know you have Monday off of school, but if you want to come in and fold 18,000 brochures for this company, I'll pay you $5 an hour. (laughs) And I thought it was like all the money in the world. If I go and I can get a solid eight hours in, I can make $40. And and then when you got your job, right, when you got your first real job that you work 40 hours a week on, you had emails and phones and and you were never really off, right? I mean, think about this. Even now, even in your current position, do you find yourself answering emails in the evening or doing work in the evening so you have a little bit less work the next day or you're getting caught up, right? That's kind of like the millennial way with cell phones and email. You guys as a generation have worked 24-7 in a lot of cases, right? While the baby boomers, the majority of baby boomers, they worked their 40 hour a week and it was done and over with, right? Now, I'm the weirdo because I'm the Gen Xer. We obviously live in between those two worlds. So we work a lot of hours and we still do the emails and stuff like that. So millennials work ethic, in my opinion, 
is really pretty amazing for the amount of work that they do for free. And what I mean by that is, is you're not on the clock at eight o'clock at night, but yet you have sent me emails, right? You made an amazing mix for me the other day of my bloopers that was amazing. And I'm sure you did not get paid to do that. So these nope. are the things that millennials are doing that we aren't. But let's focus in the last really 10 minutes of our show here. Let's really focus on the one key area that I identify, okay? And we'll start with the Gen Xers and we'll talk about my life, right? So I grew up with MTV, right? MTV came around during my lifetime and I remember watching it. I remember TRL, but more importantly than anything, I remember two shows that I think created this almost like consumption society that we have today. And I'll blame it on two shows. One is MTV Cribs, okay? That's one. And the second one was Pimp My Ride, okay? Those are two shows (laughs) that made us want all these things that that all the super, now we didn't know at the time that most of these rappers were renting the cars and renting the mansions, right? We didn't know that then, but it got us thinking that wealth or being rich came from having things right? And that was one of the fatal flaws, I think, that really put a lot of Gen Xers in a position to where they got debt and they got out of control with their spending because they thought that was what success was. Now, by comparison, when you look at the baby boomers, okay, now they're the the children of the greatest generation, our World War II vets, right? Those folks, the baby boomers, they worked in most cases, for one or two companies their entire lives. They didn't bounce around. Most parents live in the same house that they were raised in. A lot of similarities happen with baby boomers. And baby boomers were more about go to work, get a good job, get an education, work for a company, and retire when you're 65. Well, Gen Xers are like, that all sucks. I don't want to do any of that. So we bounce around a little bit more. But what I love is we still were taking on the materialistic stuff, right? What I love is the millennials. And I love even the Zennials for this because what I find is you have a lot of cars that you love, right? That you would love to own, but you drive a what? I drive a Jeep Grand Cherokee. What age is it? How old is it? It's a 2016. 2016. How many miles? Just around 60,000. 60,000. Now, you could probably go out tomorrow and go buy a cooler car that you really want, but you probably don't want that big old payment with it. Is that a fair statement? Oh, I do not. No. Yeah, right? So what we found is, is the millennials and the zennials are more about doing things. Like, I'm excited about the experience you get to have this weekend with your brother, right? You're going down to the golf tournament and you're doing those things. And these are the things that I find at generations that the millennials and even the zennials are doing so much better than us because I'm just making the statement and I want you to correct me. Yes, we're on air and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong. You guys, your generation is more about enjoying life, doing things, having fun than it is getting ladled with debt, getting knocked out with crazy high mortgages and all these other things. Your generation, at least from what I can see, is all about those experiences. Do you feel like that's true? I completely agree. I actually sent my wife a text yesterday saying for my birthday, which isn't for a couple months, I just wanted to give her a heads up, just said, hey, let's not really do anything Let's just plan a vacation for this summer and put the money towards that. Have more fun. Yes. And now your wife, I'm assuming about the same age as you? 
Yeah, about a year and a half younger. Okay, so a little bit younger. Do you feel like she feels the same way as well? Like it's all about doing things instead of having things. It's about going out and experiencing things. Is she that same kind of person? Completely agree with that. That is exactly who she is. Now, now let's think all of her girlfriends, most of her girlfriends. Now, obviously, we have what we call the flash <laughs> or the sizzle, right? But what about her girlfriends? Pretty much the same kind of story, all about having fun and enjoying ourselves or are any of them taking on mountains of debt, driving expensive cars and doing the stuff that the Gen Xers did when we were your age or most people a little bit, maybe not where they want to be, but at least they're not swimming in debt. Does that feel about right? I think that's pretty much everyone I surround myself with. I don't know anybody that's like, man, I need a flashy this or that kind of car. It's more like, hey, this gets me A to B, but B is pretty awesome to be at. Yes, and that's the point, guys, is that when we look at generations, we can learn something from everyone. That greatest generation, and most of them are dying off, right? Most of them are already gone. That greatest generation came back from World War II. They took off their uniforms. They hung them up. They put on their work clothes, and they went back to work, right? That's what the greatest generation did. And they obviously had the baby boomers, right? That was kind of the key there. The baby boomers... Then they got their work ethic. You got to go. You got to put in your work. You got to do it. Get a good job. Work there for 40 years. You're going to be able to retire. You're going to be. Well, while they were working, they had us and we didn't have the same support system. Now, the Gen Xers are now parents of, you know, your parents are probably, are they baby boomers or are they Gen Xers? Where are your parents at? They're both baby boomers. Yeah. So you're right at that level. Now I know your, your parents are in their early sixties. And what we're about to see is, is the people that are two or three or four years younger than you, their parents are Gen Xers. And you see that in the way that people kind of take on their finances. But one of the things we need to understand is, is that we can learn from the baby boomers. We can learn from the Gen Xers. How dare I say this? We can and learn from the Zennials. You know why? Because they will get on there and they will do a TikTok and they'll make $1,400 a month from selling their TikTok videos. The point is that every generation has a different look at money. But I need you to understand something. The money rules are still always the same. They're always the same. Regardless if you're 60 years old or if you're 20 years old, the rules are still the same. You should live on less money than you bring in. It's a common sense approach, right? And whenever we get in debt, the reason we get in debt is we're living on more than what's coming through the door. We need to save money every single month. And we need to do it in two ways. One long-term, which would be retirement. One short-term will be for emergency savings. We need to enjoy the journey that I talk about all the time. But understand something. That depending on what lens you're looking through, everything changes. Do you understand you look at cryptocurrency as an investment, right, Brett? Yeah, I think it is. And your parents look at cryptocurrency as a, that's monopoly money, right? I mean, this is the world that we live in, and every generation has a different opinion. But I want you guys to understand that in my opinion, the smartest thing to do when it comes to learning about finances is take the best, the ones that fit your family's needs from all the different generations. Learn from those. The millennials and the zennials live life. They enjoy it. They have a blast. The Gen Xers, we've been doing it on our own our whole lives, and we're going to continue to do something. And the baby boomers 
are the wealthiest people ever to be born into this country. They have what's called a wall of wealth that will be moving to the Gen Xers or to the millennials. But guys, understand something. When that wall of wealth moves, the rules still are the same. You've got to be a wise steward of your money. You've got to take control of your financial future because if you don't, you become somebody that just consumes. You will never become financially independent. You will never become debt-free. And instead, you will just just every day work for that paycheck, work for those dollars, and never have an end in sight. Instead, the takeaway from today is to make a financial plan for you and your family. Make a decision that you are going to improve your finances, and if you do that, and if you look at these generations and you take the best of each of them, you're gonna take that march into financial independence. You're not only going to change your life forever financially, you're gonna create a financial legacy for your family, which is going to include giving your kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids the financial literacy that they need to be successful in life. It's the Financial Straight Talk podcast version with Jim Fox. If you'd like to reach Jim today, you can call 321-414-PLAN. That's how you get started with that plan. That's 321-414-7526. Pam will answer your call to schedule an appointment, or you can sign up for an upcoming Financial Straight Talk workshop on March 10th. It'll be at the Pizza Gallery at the Avenue Vieira. There are two times to choose from, 11.30 for lunch or in the evening at 6 p.m. The topic is surviving retirement. So join us on March 10th, like I said, at the Pizza Gallery at the Avenue Vieira for the Financial Straight Talk Workshop, Surviving Retirement. Call 321-414-7526. That's 321-414-PLAN. Or you can visit us online at yourwfg.com. Well, Jim, I think that's about all the time we have for today. You, sir, get the final word. Thanks so much, Brett. Well, guys, every week we want to take the opportunity to say thank you. We know that you have tons of options when it comes to getting financial information, and we're just honored to be one of those resources. So if there's anything we can do for you, don't hesitate. Reach out. Let us know. We'll be glad to help you out. But on behalf of myself, even though the rock doctor himself, Mr. Jerry Payne, isn't here with us today, he's here with us in spirit, and the man, the myth himself, Mr. Brett Barney, I want to thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Financial Straight Talk. is a registered representative of World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Wadadley Financial Group is not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Investment financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Wadadley Financial Group is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through James Fox, NPN Insurance License Number 243-4449.